This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Welcome to CT Startup. This is Dave Bernard from Martha Kalina. With me today is Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems. And as always, we have a fantastic guest. Uh, today we're here with Brittany Mulkentine from Lactation Innovations. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So Brittany uh, graduated from, was it UConn last year? Um, last year in May, yes. Last year in May. So 2017. 17. And uh, since then, uh, you graduated from the School of Nursing. Mm -hmm. right? And you had an idea for a company while you were at the School of Nursing. Yes. Which is great. I mean, we often wonder, like, where, where do companies come from? Right. And you, you see sort of an excessive amount from the School of Business or School of Engineering and such. Um, and uh, to show that entrepreneurs really, you know, the best ideas come from wherever. Um, and, and it was great to see the school. I think the year that you were there, the School of Nursing started holding, like, an entrepreneur competition. Yeah. So while I was there, they no longer run it. But they had started this program called, um, it was like a Yukon nursing innovation shark tank sort mm -hmm. of program and basically what we had to do is we um, were asked to develop a medical device that we thought would improve the healthcare field and kind of think of that device in our head and how we would potentially sell it and market it and it was more of just like a, a project type thing that I actually developed. <laughs> and so what was the idea? Um, so while I was in nursing, I, I had a special interest in maternal fetal health and in particular breastfeeding. Um, and I collaborated with a team of biomedical engineers. And basically what we did is we developed this non-invasive sensor that calculates breast milk of breastfeeding infants while while breastfeeding. So, so what does that mean? Is that like in the bottle? And, yeah, so and basically um, right now if you have a breastfeeding mother and they're feeding their baby, there's actually no way of calculating how much breast milk babies are receiving during breastfeeding, the actual act of the baby at the breast and, and breastfeeding. And a lot of the research behind breastfeeding and the communication between mothers and, and doctors, it's, it's all an estimate and it's very um, subjective. And so basically what we did is we, we developed a sensor that is placed on a baby's stomach and as the baby is consuming breast milk, it utilizes um, a type of infrared sensing and it calculates, it takes a baseline reading and then calculates as breast milk is um, being consumed, how much breast milk they're actually consuming while feeding. So the, like down to like the drop, like, like you could like, or like, is it yeah, like so every it suckle? Kind yeah. Of so thing, it calculates, um, it calculates in milliliters, which is a, uh, something that we like usually convert to like how many ounces in a bottle right. type mm -hmm. of thing. And so, um, this sensor, um, then transmits data via Bluetooth to a software app, and that software app will display how many milliliters of breast milk the baby's actually receiving. And it's really cool because it's in, in real time. So um, if the baby were to stop feeding, the device would, would you know stay at the same amount. Or if some were to be, if it were to get sick or something like that, it would it would subtract it because it's taking that reading of how much is actually in the stomach. All right, cool. So, so is, it, is this an actual medical device? Yeah, so it's actually a medical device. Um, we, you know, like I said, it had something that I had in my head, and I didn't really think 
it could, you know, come become a reality. And when I pitched the idea to biomedical engineers at, at the University of Connecticut, we were able to develop a device that we tested on a, a demo baby in the lab and we've tested it on like adults and it's it's highly accurate on the on the smallest adult, which which makes sense. Um so we've done testing on people like that in the lab setting. We just haven't done testing in actual um clinical settings such as um infants in the hospital. Great. And how, how far along is the uh, device now? Um, so basically, I, I say, you know, it's um, the device we, you know, we have the provisional patent on the device and the device, if we wanted to put it on an infant, um, it's we're highly, um, almost like highly positive that it, it would work right now just because of basically like the demo that we created in, in the lab setting. However, um, we just need some more funding for um, research and development in order to pass like the qualifications and, and testing so it's like biocompatible and safe and we ensure that it's okay to utilize infants in um, the actual clinical setting. And it's not an invasive device, right? No, it's not invasive. So <laughs> as I mentioned, it utilizes infrared sensing, which is really cool because um, it's completely non-invasive. A lot of infants are already exposed to almost actually every infant while they're born um, for different testing. They're exposed to a type of infrared sensing. Um, and the FDA has already approved infrared sensing as a, a device to be used on infants. So this is already like widely accepted within the medical field. Um, Fantastic. And it's very so minimal you're not like, risk. You're not like groundbreaking technology that you have to test to even see if it even is like workable. Right, exactly. Nice, nice. And so in like every good entrepreneur, you're working at least two jobs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So and so you're in the medical field right now. Yes. So I'm actually um, I work at Connecticut Children's right now as um, a pediatric intensive care um, registered nurse, um, and so that kind of gives me um, a good background. And I see a lot of breastfeeding moms, and um, the jobs are completely separate. But I, you know, do get that experience in the clinical field and see, you know. I do see the problem arise, and I, I do have a lot of experience with breastfeeding moms that want to breastfeed, like, in the hospital setting, but then we don't have a way of tracking how much breast milk their baby's actually getting, so then we, you know, we make moms pump and then give the baby a bottle, or, you know, there's, we we make a barrier between the actual act of breastfeeding. Um, Which is, that, that's actually an important piece, right? Like right. Like that actual physical touch. Right, exactly. So a lot of the research behind breastfeeding right now is like, you know, the benefits for baby and mom are the actual physical touch and the connection between mom and baby, you know, and then there's a lot of um, of cons behind having a mom pump and then um, giving the baby a, a bottle because it's like, you know, how we... Um, handle the breast milk, how we save it. Bacteria babies have been known to get really sick yeah. by unsafe practice of, of storing breast milk and how long it can be saved. And a lot of people don't know the rules and things like that. So really the device was to be able to allow moms to, to actually do the physical act and kind of have a, a diagnostic tool that guides them in the breastfeeding process. So it's actually kind of interesting. So so when it comes to breastfeeding, mm -hmm. um, obviously it's not something I'm going to be doing. But yeah. uh, my sister just actually had a baby. Th thanks uh, for sharing. Well, yeah, I'm, glad I'm, just saying, I'm just making you know, just, you, know you never know. You never know. Um, but uh, but so I know, and I've I've actually because of some other podcasts I've listened to, like breast milk. There's like there's a whole underground industry of like breast milk of like selling it and all that kind of stuff, and how so many women actually it really is actually, and um, and how a lot of women can't do it, and actually yeah. there's again research to show kids who have breast milk versus don't like there's differences you know kind of a thing and so um when it comes to like you know you obviously you went to uh the UConn nursing school right you want to become a nurse that was a whole thing you kind of stumbled upon entrepreneurship right so it was a I mean 
do you just see now that you have like the entrepreneurship bug, I guess you can say, do you actually see it as a way where you can still be in the industry and but you now have a way to actually impact the industry being an entrepreneur? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I think, you know, all this stemmed what from when I was like shadowing a lactation consultant in the field, I saw a lot of moms um, really struggling with breastfeeding and crying and upset and frustrated because they couldn't do it or they were unsure, like their baby wasn't gaining weight. And then doctors were like, well, let's just give them formula. So then moms had this huge letdown. So of course I like go home and like do, you know, some research and I, you find some statistics and I always say the statistic that, um, like was put out by the surgeon general in this report, um, that 50% of women stop breastfeeding two weeks postpartum simply because they're apprehensive and don't know how much breast milk their baby's receiving. So due to the anxiety, you know, of not actually knowing how much breast milk their baby is getting. So a lot of moms have like anxiety just because they simply don't know. And when doctors are like, how much is your baby getting? They're like, I don't know. And if they find out that their baby's losing weight or something like that, it just heightens the anxiety and makes it even more of a difficult process. And it just makes it more difficult than it has to be. And so, you know, by, by seeing that problem and being able to, you know, think of something that can help fix it, it just goes to show you that, um, there's a lot of cool, a lot of medical questions that, you know, sometimes they arise. And then if you can kind of solve a problem and think there's just like endless opportunities. And what's cool about this device is if you think about it, as I'm like working with it and developing it, there's a lot of different research questions, just that the data, um, would, would bring up oh, exactly. okay nice so is that i mean again from a breastfeeding kind of standpoint there's probably a lot of different ways where you can help that process right you say the two the two weeks i mean yeah is it, and this is i'm gonna my, my fiance is probably gonna kill me because she she knows <laughs> but within the two weeks like doesn't don't they like lose a little weight anyways like yeah, so the, ba- yeah. the babies actually lose weight yeah, so the first babies week, actually, so if they're yeah. thinking about that exactly so like, yeah so babies actually lose weight within within those first two weeks anyways um but moms still like ex- it. Right. you know they're already like this is their infant they they already have so much anxiety so um just ha- starting this whole new process and if it doesn't go as planned um their hormones are kind of all over the place so um, i would think that that's true anyways yes (laughs) you know if things don't go as planned already it just it makes the process that much more difficult and i've had a lot of people say well so here you're having this device now what if women not like all of a sudden put it on there it just shows that their baby it's like zero zero or their baby's not getting enough is that supposed to say they're doing a bad job and i i you know i I can see where people can get that question, but I say this tool is more of a diagnostic tool. So it will, it almost guides women in the process. So if, if the baby's not receiving what they're supposed to be getting. That's it a just, good thing that you know, right? Yeah, now yeah. you know. So now you can reach out to the providers or reach out to a lactation consultant and you can say, hey, this is how much my baby is getting. This is like the position that I'm doing it or this is the time of day. And, you know, Absolutely. you can tell. And now it's like you actually have that data. And, you know, and so it might not be something that women need to use long term you know and it might not be something i've met women that were like my first baby was a champ my second baby was awful so it's like it just depends it's very you know it depends on the baby depends on the the mom and so it can be utilized in a lot of various the astrological sign yeah all those things (laughs) a lot of different situations (laughs) i mean certainly rather know than not know exactly it's uh yeah, it's interesting. And, and so now you're at Connected Children's. Um, I've talked with a number of people over there over the years. Uh, Scott Orsi. Yeah, yeah actually and, Scott was on here. Actually, yep, Scott that. was on on this podcast once. Now, so they do some uh, entrepreneurial stuff. They help support programs. Are you working with them at all? In yeah. That so I work with Jacqueline Rose, and I actually work with Scott, or- Scott Orsi over at Connected Children's. We were just like notif- um, nominated at the entrepreneurial. Oh yeah, yes, you get yeah. So yeah. we were there together. Yeah. Um, they're actually working on a whole innovation program at Connecticut Children's, and I think that I'm going to be one of their um, 
pilot company, so to say. Um, I'm also working with Elizabeth Brownell, who's a breastfeeding researcher at Connecticut Children's, completely separate of my actual job. This is kind of yeah. a separate sure. entity. Um, and outpatient clinics, um, there's a physician there, Dr. Wiley, who also um, has been notified of my product and was interested in it. So once that it was approved and ready to be um, tested in the clinical setting, that mm -hmm. that would be something that I would be utilizing. And through Jacqueline and Scott, um, just seeing how Connecticut Children's can be a um, nonprofit entity that is like a collaborator in the process and supporting um, the innovation as it progresses in its stages. And so as they kind of build up their innovation um, sector of Connecticut Children's and form their um, their program, I think I'm going to kind of be a, um, a pilot or tested company and see how they can support small businesses such as mine and in um, being successful. I mean, in it's a natural field. fit. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, make, it makes You're complete like, sense. They're never yeah. going to grow a company closer to home <laughs> the, yeah. than yeah. yours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of cool that, you know, that it's, very, it's a relatively new um, program. And, you know, I went and, like, had a, I pitched an event called a Chikyu, and basically it was. Yeah, um, Chikyu. Yeah, I've been yeah. through one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So where I was just different, like, um, researchers, and that's how I met Elizabeth Brownell. Um, there were some breastfeeding moms in the you know, and the audience and different people. And so it was cool to have people in the medical field's point of view and meet some physicians and things like that. And it really expands um, the networking. And so I think that as that relationship strengthens, it will only truly benefit the company in the long run because that's, you know, having the support of such a children's hospital like that is really going to be able to help propel the company in a positive direction. Now being like a, so now again, you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're a full-time nurse. Mm -hmm. um, has has this process kind of changed how you view nursing now? Like from before you kind of got pushed into this field versus, because again, I, being an entrepreneur, right? Like either you're, you know, you want to be one, you stumble onto an idea. Yeah. Um, and then people who like career like nursing, right? Like that's a career, in my sense, that that's a career that you can get into. You can obviously advance throughout that, yeah. but that's like, you're like I'm a nurse, right? Like that—that's my—that's my my track, right? So has has being now an entrepreneur and kind of you know dabbling with that, has it changed how you view the, your career as a nurse? Oh, most definitely. Um, I mean, I've, you know, as a being in the nursing program, and anticipating what my job was going to be like, I didn't really think anything entrepreneur. And then once I, you know, I um, Kevin Booley, who's one of my mentors, and when mm -hmm. I presented at. Um, at the Shark Tank Innovation Program at UConn, and I met him. He, like, sparked an interest that I never thought I had within me. And so, um, you know, the questions that he asked and it got me really excited. It just goes to show you that it's been a very difficult process, and I've learned a lot just because I'm filling in gaps of knowledge from backgrounds that I don't, that I didn't have prior to this experience, such as, you know, forming a business and what are the steps and how do I make those relationships and how do I make those connections. Um, but, you know, it's been a great process and it just goes to show like me and I think other nurses and even anybody in the medical field, just that, you know, if you have a question that that's how things are developed. And, you know, sometimes the best like um, innovations come from people that are actually working in the clinical setting because they actually have the experience um, and can see, you know, what patients need or have had those connections and can, bring in personal connections with, you know, um, technical, like, you know, the technical side of things. Um, so it's really helped show that there's a lot of different avenues that I can take. UConn Medical School had reached out to me when they heard that I was, you know, pursuing this post-graduation yeah. and were just wanted me to spark innovation in, in medical students and residents and show that, you know, if they see a problem that it might be something that they can work with other mm -hmm. physicians or other people and, and try to work at those problems and have like the support of the hospitals and
local local people so nice it's good yeah. so so again like with the with the feel so i mean like how far do you think you're out from like a product like would you say you know i know and like medical device like is is a whole nother ball game versus <laughs> selling lettuce or something like what yeah. i do so yeah so every time i think that um you know every time i think i'm stuck i always hit another milestone but every time i hit another milestone i think i'm one step closer i always have you know there's there's something that comes Welcome up to entrepreneurship. <laughs> there's something that comes up and i'm like okay wait i have to think about this first so um a lot of it right now is coming down to funding and it's you know it's not everything's been bootstrap and just working kind of with um with mentors and seeking that great like golden advice and um, from people that I've gotten along the way and, and that help. But since it is a medical device and it is on not only a medical device, it is a medical device for newborn infants, which makes it a, a whole nother ball game because, you know, people are so You're cautious. dealing with little aliens. Yes, and, exactly. You know, you yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is just like the funding. And so I've done, you know, it's been a, it's been quite the experience looking into the different avenues of, of what funding is available to me. And, you know, some – I always say like some I'm too old because I'm not a student anymore. So those like resources that are available to college students are no longer available to me. Just take one like class at a community yeah. college and you're still a student. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> you know, and so like I've learned about um, federal grants that I've applied for and things that I've learned along the way. So, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting close. I just don't have an exact timeline just because a lot of it has to do with, you know, once I get that one yes in regards to the funding, I think that will truly help um, – Propel the company a little I think bit. Connecticut further. children should be. Uh, I would. I would say. I would say that that would maybe be you know in the pipeline. But I assume those talks are already you know. Yeah. You know, so underway. those talks are definitely like <laughs> underway. So, um, so we shouldn't call. Yeah. Yeah. We should. Yeah. We should. Yeah. So that's definitely that like where I said that. I was like the. I was Might the like. Test dummy, I think where know? I was like the pilot program yeah. is kind of seeing how they can fund. Can do something like th- that. Something like that. Right now, I don't think they have. They don't really have. You know. Different hospitals like Boston Children's have like a twenty-five thousand um, dollar, like little seed fund kind right, of thing. Right, exactly. Or, yeah. There's other hospitals like John Hopkins. I've looked into them, um, but I really do want to say I started in Connecticut. I would you like to, to stay, stay within yeah. Connecticut, and I've already made strong partnerships with there. So it would be nice to to continue that. And Elizabeth Brownell, who is the researcher um, um, for the Human Milk Department, it would be really nice to be able to collaborate with her and stay within the state of Connecticut. So I'm really working hard to do that research and find the different funding and see if i can f- stay with so are you, you had programs that would yes. were actively designed to keep companies in, in connecticut, connecticut. Only, if. Only, only if only if only if we did that would be funny like a yeah, like, connecticut yeah. clash of some sort yeah, yeah. so i, I you know <laughs> i meet a lot of people and they're like you know why don't you go out to boston or why don't you go out to new york or you should just go do um um an incubator program out in San Diego because you'd be on your way you'd be, by you'd now. Be yeah, you'd yeah. be on your way by now. So, I mean, I definitely think about those things, and those are things that are in the back of my mind. And you know, there's things, there's programs called like Mass Challenge and things oh, like yeah, that, definitely. and all those different yes. kind of things that I've been notified. But like I said, you know, already forming this relationship with Connecticut Children's and, and starting here at the University of Connecticut and, and meeting physicians within the area, I think that to be able to have an innovation that can be really helpful for breastfeeding research to come out of the state of Connecticut would be truly rewarding and 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 it'd be nice so I'm hopefully that 
some there will be a yes along but the you know way. What, well the other thing too is that and don't like take offense but it's like you're not just only an entrepreneur you're not just an entrepreneur like yeah. you're you're really a nurse that yeah. has an entrepreneurial kind of like backbone i guess that that's the way i'd view you um and i think that that just goes to speak is that like people that have these careers like these lifelong careers right that they can you can be an entrepreneur within that and and still keep your day job you mm-hmm. know like it's, it's it's one of those things where it don't be stupid for you to go out to san diego and do it because like you have a paying gig yeah you have the all the you, like that that establishing all the relationships you need to do exactly what you just said is to do right. the breast you know all this research out of connecticut keep it in connecticut so yeah. it's just I mean, entrepreneurship is a, is a grind. It's not, it, you know, you've been at this, what, a year, year and a half? Yeah, so not, e- not even a year and a half. Uh, like, exactly. Yeah, like, so so, so that's so, what I keep saying to <laughs> myself. Welcome to the party. Yeah. <laughs> so people, you know, and when I hear people, I go to a lot of talks and I meet a lot of people and I'm young. And some, I mean, sometimes there are young kids who all of a sudden they just get a random yes and it's like great and they're propelled really there. fast. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of people, majority, that I'm like, okay, this is quite a few years process in the time being. And I feel like if I look back where I was, I mean, what are we in May now? I was just graduating at the University of Connecticut and I hadn't even had a company yet. So it was just, it was still like my idea in my head. And I mean, I had like a a kind of a prototype, but to think of where I've come in a year, a year's time is, is really exciting. So I think that I just, sometimes I just, I take time to step back, reflect and see how much progress is in a year. And then hopefully in a year's time that there'll be some more progress. Well, that, that's a good way to keep sane because if yeah. not, then you're just going like, to yes. like, I'm not yes. making progress. Yes. I'm not, not getting yes. funding. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, when I was writing my federal grant through the NIH and um, I, I thought it would take me like two months and it took me six months and it was like yes. 100 pages later. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, wow, this is not the best idea I've ever had. I do not really <laughs> love doing this. But, you know, once I finished that and like got the comments back and most of the comments were like, all right, she's young. She just needs a little bit more experience. And so I was like, you're okay, right so I'm getting there. Like, I'm close. The like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting, like, I'm getting close, you know. So it's just, I think I just need to keep, I just need to keep working at things. Yeah. Just, just point time. out that Chris needs to beep you out. I know, I know. I was just, I, I, that's why I always, <laughs> I silenced myself for a second right there. He makes my job so hard, people. It's, it's, it's just, I love him, but oh my God, Eric. Hey. <laughs> I'm just trying, you know, just trying, trying, trying to do my part. Um, no, but I, but again, that, that's, uh, it's a good thing that you're kind of keeping grounded in in this process. You know, it is going to take time, especially a medical device that really takes time, right? You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not something that you can necessarily monetize right away. Um, and, uh, I, so you, you don't actually have to go through clinical trials, do you, or do you? Um, so that's a good question. A lot of it, um, technically no, because infrared sensing has already been approved. Um, so the process, it's more of like, um an FDA clearance, um, not so as like the long extensive approval process. Um, in the trials, you can do like an IRB, um, which is a little bit easier and less of a lengthy process than it were to be if I had to, if I was like complete doing something totally out of the ballpark and totally something brand new. Um, so I do have that benefit, but however, I do know that process is still not cheap and it's going to be you know i'm definitely going to need to start um once that is happening to have because i do a lot of these things on my own um and once that process starts i'm going to have to branch out and and work and collaborate with people who have already done it and that's going to really mainstream the process and help speed it along because they've been through it they've developed a medical device and the fda is like a whole other beast 
I think that I, I have limited knowledge and I'm willing to accept that I have limited knowledge on it. And that's when I'm going to really need to start to branch out and, and look for other people to collaborate and work with. So if someone hands you $10 million today, what do you do? Is this, is this now your full-time job? Do you, do, do you hire somebody else to take over the company? Which way would you lean? Um, and just remember, I'm sure Connecticut Children's is not listening. <laughs> um, honestly, I would do this full time if if somebody handed me ten million dollars because I know that a lot can be done with ten million dollars. Um, the, the research and development that I needed is not ten million dollars worth. Is not nearly ten million dollars worth. I would definitely hire somebody to work with me that has developed a medical device before. Um, but I am really, you know, a lot of I'm very passionate about this idea and about this product and. Um, just the background of where it comes from. And I think a lot of that has stemmed from, I've done a lot of different talks and talked with different women and they're like, where were you when I was breastfeeding? And like, <laughs> you know, I, I meet with physicians and even physicians are saying that to me that are moms and they're saying, you know, so they have that medical background. And they're still saying, I would love to have this or have you developed this yet? And it's, it's very exciting. And to be able to think that I, from my head, created an idea that could actually help women and and infants and that strengthen that connection between providers and women is very exciting so i would definitely sorry can i get children's quit my nursing (laughs) quit my nursing job and pursue this full-time if i had 10 million dollars because i think that the company could really um, i think they'd be fine with that to be like oh let's partner yeah let's do something yeah and you know um breastfeeding is is huge and i think it's like with yeah with this millennial time and just with everybody it's like this um a phase like I don't know a lot of people are breastfeeding and everybody's supporting breastfeeding and hospitals are going crunchy movement yeah exactly yeah every every (laughs) hospital is going you know baby friendly which means they're emphasizing that all babies are breastfed and they want all babies to breastfeed exclusively through six months and then hopefully up to a year and so a lot of people are emphasizing it and it's a huge and upcoming thing I mean insurance companies are giving out free breast pumps so it's just like the market is is expanding it's It's not something that's like a dying field it's like a time to have this device and you know i've watched people have like forwarded me things from shark tank that people have like created scales where they want to calculate how much breast milk babies are getting so people are out there like trying to like do things about it so then it's like okay this is this is out there people are people are working on this so i really do think that it's something that would be beneficial so one thing that i would be interested in to to kind of be educated on is that so um birth rates right Mm -hmm. in developing countries are going down right kind of a thing and um they're going down so um like it are there are there more babies being born today than there were say last year you know this kind of a time so like with with breastfeeding right it's like a one and done right kind of thing so is the market that and then is there potentially a need for this like in developing countries right where the where the where the birth rate is actually much higher than developing countries yeah so actually um i don't know the number off the top of my head but one of the statistics when i like present you know present the product is a lot of deaths that happen in developing nations are from people are babies that are um improperly breastfed um and so they die of dehydration and they're not getting the um like adequate amount of of nutrition um and so they, again they think they're being they're they breastfeeding think, yeah, but they're actually not getting yeah anything. and okay. so it's um you know from improper feeding practices and not getting what they need and um, dehydration can happen really quick and be really dangerous for infants so even in developing nations this could be something that was um truly beneficial because it could you know they don't have the money to buy formula formula is extremely expensive so breastfeeding is something that is huge and and mainly all babies are are breastfed in developing nations and a lot of 
the cultural practice is to breastfeed, but again, they're not, you know, they just don't know. They don't, you don't know. So, um, to have something like this would also be develop helpful in, in that. And, um, in those kind of nations very as well. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. So, um, so obviously you've gone from, you know, um, you know, student to t- now entrepreneur, and obviously you're in the industry now, and, you know, um, as a nurse. So, uh, you know, we got to wrap it up soon, but are there, is there any words of advice you would give to, um, to any other students kind of in the nursing school, maybe uh, particularly, um, or at UConn or anybody else, like kind of getting getting their idea started? Because you, you talking about how to, you had an idea in your head and like you're putting yeah. it to reality. That's like, you know, some would say that that's genius, you know, like yeah. some people that, well, like, like it's something that, you know, a lot of people can't do, right? Yeah. So well, do you have any words of advice for those uh, those people? Yeah, so, so some of my words of advice is, is to say thank you and to, because yeah, I, you know, the people, the advice that I've gotten is invaluable and the free advice I feel like is the most expensive things that I, I have um, attributed to like my success. Um, and, and I've really learned how to break out of my shell and network and gone to places where I've kind of felt uncomfortable um, and talk to different investors and people that are intimidating, you know, and I think that it, you know, you get a lot of hard no's, but then I get a really exciting yes. And it's the yeses that are, you know, are very helpful. And I met somebody from like, um, Denise Whitford, actually from the, um, business development center. And when my first conversation on the phone with her, she was like, do you expect to be a millionaire in one year? And I was like, absolutely not. No way. Like, I know this takes a long time. She's like, good. You already have a good, like, you already know, like you already expect it. And I think a lot of it, it's like discouraging because you think you have this great idea and it's like, somebody is like, oh yeah, you could probably make millions off of that. And then when you, in a year you haven't made I, you've made no profit, then you're like, all right, I'm done. Like, you know, so I think things take time <laughs> yeah. and to like be like true to yourself and, you know, see like the reality and that it's really hard work. And that's why not a lot of people do it. Um, as you know, as good. Advice. I think that's perfect. So somebody wants to reach out, make you a millionaire. Yeah. Give you that $10 million. How do they, uh, reach how, how do they, is there an email they can, they can contact you at? Yes. Um, so that email, <laughs> that email would be um, lactationinnovationsllc at gmail.com. Excellent. All right. Very cool. Brittany, thank you very much for being on and, um, you know, educating us on breast milk. And and, <laughs> <laughs> and for all our listeners, don't forget to uh, reach out to our email. Let us know what you think. If you've got ideas, you want to be on the show, or if you'd like to give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or any of those sites, that would be wonderful. Thank, thank you, you very much for having right. me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalina for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.